natter on or tell a bad dad joke while I'm just getting set up here. I need prayer because bad dad jokes happen and I, sometimes I can't control it. So bear with me. I was told to uh, not move around so much, but I could try and sit down. I don't know if I can do it. My mom said I had ants in my pants. There are some moms here who know they've said the same thing. Just a second, I need... Yeah, that's what I need. Well, how many people are brand new believers? You're, you're less than a year. Between five and ten. Okay. Ten and over. Cool. You're supposed to be here. It says a wise man heeds correction, but a fool spurns all rebuke. Uh-oh, where's this going? Last time I was up here, I was moving around quite a bit. And uh, I was talking about forgiveness. We were talking about... Um, somebody tell me, does this have to go like this? this way. Uh, I was talking about Matthew chapter 18. Get your Bibles out. Matthew chapter 18. Your devices, your things that you scroll through. Oh, I have one of these ancient things. This is, this is probably as old as some of you young parents out there, this Bible. If this is a teaching, if you've come for a teaching, you've come to the wrong place. I'm going to share. I'm going to share. So, Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you preceded us here. I thank you that you're manifesting your presence. I thank you that um, you're crazy good. And you work out all things to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So, Lord, have your way. Uh, real quick sharing. One time, I used to be a worship leader, and uh, I was on stage, and I was worshiping. So I'm standing up, and I'm playing my guitar, and uh, I had a team together. We had been together for five years, so we had our, our, uh, the songs, the changes, the, the way we operated all, was all together. So one day, God is saying to me, what would you do if I asked you to stop singing? I'm playing away. I'm going, well, God, I'd stop singing then. He says, then stop. So I stop singing. I'm playing through the changes. And my band, we've been together so long, they all know this is the way Lyle operates. Uh, he's just listening. So we're playing, and God says, what would you do if I asked you to stop playing? I said, well, God, I, I, I'd stop playing then. I put my hands down. My guitar was slung on my neck. And they're still going, because they know this is getting weird, but that's okay. That's who he is. So I... Standing there listening, he said, what would you do if I asked you to put your guitar down? I said, I know where this is going. I took my guitar off, and I put it on a guitar stand just like that. It might even be that one. Put it on a guitar stand, and I walked off, and it was a stage. I'm going to move. Um, I walked off the stage, and as my foot hit the bottom step, the Spirit of the Lord hit the house, and probably 30% of the people went down. Bup, 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 bup. And God spoke to me, and he said, I need my wife here because she uh, tells a story better than I do. Um, 
He said, one man by his disobedience can stop the move of God. The converse is one man by his obedience can usher in the move of God. I asked you to put your hands up if you've been five, ten years mature as a Christian. Because we're going to go to a place that rarely gets touched. So in Matthew 18, we talked about forgiveness. We talked about it's one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So you got Matthew 18. You've, uh, hopefully you've been reading while I've been speaking. Um, it, it's just that it, it's the parable of the unjust steward where Jesus said there was a certain king. Do you remember Dan was at the back and I said, Dan, stand up. And I said, Dan is a certain man. Jesus was saying there is a certain king. This has happened. This is a true story. There is a certain king. This has happened certainly. So there was a certain king who wanted to settle accounts. Read into this that, that he is opening up the books, the, the financial books, the spiritual books, the books of life. He's opening up the books. He wants to settle accounts. Some are deficient. Some are, are um, in the red. Some are in the black. He wants to settle accounts. And there was a servant brought to him who, ordered, who owed him so much money that it was impossible for him to pay it back. And the king at first was going to throw his wife, his kids, his dog, take his car, his house. I don't think the car was in there, but took everything and, and put it towards paying off the debt. Now, there is something I may get a chance to talk about later which is the wife and the kids. But he was going to take everything the man had and give it to the creditors to pay off the debt and then throw the man in prison. But the man begged and pleaded to, oh, oh please, give me a chance and I'll pay back everything I owe. Well, you know the rest of the story. Uh, I want to use some language, but I'm not allowed to. It is a PG. Um, that's a laugh laugh this is serious but you could thank you because you're a little bit late so um the man went out and found a servant who owed him a hundred denarii which is let's let's say a hundred bucks it's a pittance and he throttled the man and said pay me what you owe and he threw him He throttled the man and he threw him into prison. All of a sudden, the certain king hears about it through his own servants and says, man, oh man, you, you blew it. I had compassion on you and I forgave you everything that you owed me. Shouldn't you have compassion on your fellow servant? Now, I have to, I have to put my... Number two's on to read. For those of you older than 60, you'll know what I mean. Uh, okay. I just had a birthday. You know, with every birthday, you have to go up a strength in your glasses. Oh, that sucks. Can I say that out loud? It sucks. <laughs> oh, pray for me. Bad jokes, bad dad jokes abound. Okay, so 
I want to get the words right because we do we have a word master here who records every scripture? Okay, I, I can flub it a bit. Okay. And his master was very angry. We're right at the very bottom on, uh, we're 1834, and the master was very angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now Jesus said this, unless you think Jesus is a liar, some people pick and choose through the Bible, and they think, nah, he wasn't really telling the truth. He wasn't, when he said he was, he was saying, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, he wasn't really talking about this. He wasn't really talking to me because, you know, I, I've got a pass card into, I believe in Jesus and I could just, I could just walk right in. I have assurance. Jesus said, so my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Ooh. Jesus was telling the truth. So we're going to a deeper place. We're going to a deeper place. And I know I had notes somewhere. We talked about last time that was here that some people are, are um, in that place of being bound by torturers that every time that you recount a person or an event that happened that, I can't say that, that made you angry. Um, that all of a sudden something started happening in you and you started, oh, getting angry because you remember that event and oh, that makes me so mad. That's, there's, there's anger. Anger is always a shallow emotion which covers a wound. So the wound is, anger will be a, a pointer stick, a diagnostic to the wound that says, there's a hurt there. But what's even worse is, years from now, and we all know people, we've all met people, actually turn to the person to the right of you and say, you need to hear this. Yeah, turn to the person to the left of you and say, you need to hear this. Okay, now take your hand, stick it straight out. And, and put it on your heart and say, now I need to hear this. So when bitterness happens, this is a diagnostic that you have not done something in the way the father would. When bitterness comes, there's... Um, uh, there's a, uh, every time that thing is recounted, it just is this toilet bowl thinking of all these things that happen and it gets, instead of it going down the hole, it just gets, it expands and it gets bigger and then all of a sudden your day, your next day, the next day is taken up in bitterness and, and all of a sudden you got sucked into the devil's tactics. He lives to take your life from you in the way that you've been looking at something that is supposed to be settled in the account books in the way that your life has been pointed towards that in the same degree, in the same way you have kept your eyes off the Father. You have not, your, your prayer life is hindered. Your walk with God is hindered. You go for a walk and you don't want to pray because, oh, 
I'm just so angry. You've all been there. You've all been there. Or else you're really good liars. Okay. As with everything God says, there is infinite depth, timeless relevance, relevance, and immediate release in the area of forgiveness. We can forgive but still be angry. And we get sucked into something that the devil started in Genesis. We get sucked into isolation. So if I'm supposed to love you, how can I love you if I hold this shield up in front of me that says, I'm angry with you? How, how can I love you or enter into relationship if I hold this issue and you've got to, you owe me and, and we're not going to and, and I'm so angry and I'm so hurt and I'm so disturbed. <laughs> how can you have relationship If God, uh, who's Father Heart people here? Put up your hands. We got some Father's Heart people. So in the last uh, number of years, there's been a, a move of the church to be reacquainted with the heart of the Father. Awesome. We can, we can know the heart of the Father, but the heart of the Father is speaking through these verses, the very difficult verses to listen to. So the Father will do to you if you don't forgive your person from your heart. That's the heart of the Father. His word doesn't change. He doesn't change. He is timeless. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. And he's all-loving. If what you do, what you hold on to, is an offense against love, he corrects you. A wise man heeds a rebuke, but a fool spurns all wisdom. If he says to you, this thing that you are doing, because it seems that when you're wrestling with something that is hard, that is, that is taking you places you don't like to go, that has changed your character, you don't even like to look at you in the mirror because there's something wrong. Somebody rewind the tape and just get me going again because I, I looked at my notes and I just went, <laughs> That the Father loves you and he doesn't want you to experience that. He doesn't want to experience separation from him. In the area that you separate, let's say if I have something against Mark, you know, Mark and I, if I have something against Mark in that place, that relationship is broken. Any messianic Jews here? Okay, cool. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Jesus takes that a little bit further. Put, go into John chapter 17. Take your devices out. Whip through. John chapter 17. I think we're in verse 23. Hold on.
I got to start at verse 22. The glory which you gave me, I have given them. That's you guys. The glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one. And the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. This, like, that's a huge mystery. We're of one, we're from the Father's breath, we were created, he breathed into us, and we became living souls. Individually created, individually fashioned. In, in the beauty which he made your mind, your will, and emotions, there is only one you. There is only one you that can experience life like you, and in turn, give back worship, praise, love, relationship, like you do. Nobody else can do it but you. You're called. I, I just want to just go on a tangent just for a second. There's, uh, there's the older saints here. When I see you worshiping, it blows me away. It brings tears to my heart because you're worshiping, and I know you've been through a life of struggle. I know you've had pain. I know you've had loss. I know you've had hurt. And in the midst of that, you come out and you say, God, you're worth it. God, you're so amazing. And God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be standing here. This life, this place, is the only place that you can give God glory in pain. When we go to heaven, there'll be no tears, no sorrow, no crying, no pain anymore. You're going to give God worship, but it's not going to be through a crucible, through the fire of pain. I haven't even got to where I'm going to get to. So in the beginning in Genesis, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. Quick! Pages 5. Yes, page 6 in your Bible. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. I think it's going to be like verse 10. Hold on. Oh, you all have older saints. You get, you get Bibles that are falling apart? Oh, yeah. So do I. I'm going to start in verse 9. After the snake has had his hiss fit, hissy fit with Eve, and she's She's listened to him, obeyed him, and by, by obeying him, came under him, and he, by default, became Lord over her. That's for another sermon. They did stuff to cover over their, their position spiritually. I'm going to say this. The Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So everybody's with me now. Eve has, Eve has just eaten of the apple, and then she gave it to the man, and the man went, uh-huh, 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 I'll eat it, uh-huh. That's a joke among men because, oh, bad dad jokes. 
down, down. So, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Put one finger up. And because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God says, so you got three fingers up. God says, who told you were naked? So something has happened in the spiritual realm to change everything. The, the walk with God had changed forever. They had become something. Say, okay, take your finger. Take your finger and draw an S and make a noise. And then draw an I. Make a noise. Like this. Draw an N. Like, okay, you got it. S-I-N, and an acronym. I was, I was praying God. I said, what is sin? What is sin? Because it was, it was puzzling for me for a long time. Homarsha misses the mark. It doesn't quite explain it. So when he went into the depth of it, he said separate in nature. Separate in nature. Everything that happened in the garden caused a separation in the nature of man from God. So the separate in nature kicked in. There was no fear with God before the fall. There was no shame before the fall. There was no control before. They just walked in perfect relationship. Fear, shame, and control came in in that garden. And then what happened? They looked at themselves. It's like a standing there in the garden and all of a sudden there's this 360 degree mirror and everywhere they looked they saw themselves and they saw their pain I got pain it hurts to be separated from you Lord fear oh God if you find out about what I did you're going to hate me more and control I hid so you wouldn't find out I know you're omniscient but I still hid so, fear, shame, and control came in in the garden. Our natures changed. With the revelation of the Father's heart in the last few years, we've had a, a, a huge move towards church. Church worldwide has had a move towards knowing the heart of the Father. And I will... Turn the heart of the Father towards the children and the children's towards the Father's. It has a bigger meaning than just here on earth. So knowing the heart of the Father, that He is still with His same plan in Genesis, that you would walk with Him. And you will come as a little child with no agendas, no purposes other than just to, to be with Him. His plan is still the same thing. To return us to the original design. Every place that you have something going on in your heart, in your lives, in your relationships, there is something corrupted in the original design. You guys know what corruption means. If you have a computer and all of a sudden you get the blue screen of death, whoop, it comes up and says uh, it can't access this file or it can't complete this thing and the computer locks up and breaks it you got a broken computer because a single line of code has been corrupted. The single line of code that says, I love you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
all of a sudden, that's corrupted to. Something that you believe because it's written in you that I've done bad and my father doesn't love me anymore. I've done something and he's so angry with me. I, he's not even going to want to look at me. He's returning you to the original design. Okay, we're going back to Matthew 18. Flip back. I should have said keep your finger in there, but I didn't. Matthew 18, we're, we're back into um, the story of the unjust steward. There's two words that pop out at me that when I'm reading this, he said, the king says to the servant, I had compassion on you. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant? This is us. He's bringing us into a deeper relationship with him. You can accomplish forgiveness in the legal realm and still remain angry and still remain hurt and still remain and still remain and still remain because you haven't entered into the ways and the heart, the thoughts of the Father. Should you not have had compassion? Webster says compassion is... It's love in action. It is that deep inner sense that I want to do something that the pain of this person would be alleviated. The issue this person is going through would be resolved. The separation that this person is going through would be not separate anymore. That's compassion. I can tell you a story about myself. Oh. Are we, are we okay with that camera? Because I want to get up. I do? Okay, so get that out of it. Ants in the pants. So I was at a, a convention. It was really, really cool. I went, I went to uh, Kelowna. I got an invitation from a friend who had been here in Nelson to go to Kelowna. And they said, oh, this guy is speaking Father's heart. On the Father's heart. And I don't know what that is. Okay, I'll go down. You know what? I didn't know it was an in-house conference. There was like 40 people there. And this guy is like an international renowned speaker. There should have been 4,000 people there. God's setting something up. How, yeah, how many people know that when God sets something up, he's talking directly to you? He's talking directly to you because he, he's, he's for you. That if he corrects you, it's not because he's angry, it's because the thing that you're doing is hurting you. So I go up, and at the end of his, it's a little talk. It wasn't that, that big. All 40 people stand up. There's only 40 people. Some people were falling on the ground crying. So what happened was, this man was just praying. Uh, who was the gentleman that was just here with the red sash? Mark. Mark, Mark was just here. And um, he put the red sash on, and some people had a very profound experience uh, with God. So as he's going down the line, he's, he's on my right. People are just going down. And I'm going, wow. Look at that. 
And as he came closer to me, uh, just the power of God was so, whoa, coming off him. He came to me and I said, dude, I, I'm going to lay down because if I don't lay down, I'm going to fall down. He goes, yeah, go ahead. So I went over and I laid down. And then all of a sudden, God started showing me things in the spirit realm, how he sees the church. It is so different from the way the church appears now. It was a living organism, fully alive, very vibrant and moving. And the people, it's so different from what is here, which I might get into later. But as I laid down on the floor, Jesus walks into the picture. So he walks into the picture and he says, you have absolutely none of my compassion in you. I wanted to argue, but no words came out. I wanted to reason my way around this. I was unreasonable. I said, Jesus, you're right. I don't have any of your compassion. Would you give me some of yours? So all of a sudden, let's see this little stool beside me. All of a sudden, he comes out with this little silver tray. He puts it right at my eye level, right in front, so I can see it's absolutely empty. Then he takes it and he puts it down on a little uh, stool. And he does this. And out comes a little loaf of bread. And he puts it on the tray. He picks it up and he shoves it right in my face. He says, eat it. And I, I'm going, this is spiritual, but I'm in the physical. How do I eat something spiritual? I'm in the physical. Oh, I'll just do it. So in the spiritual, I ate of the bread of life. The compassion that only comes from him. You're not going to see it anywhere else. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. But the love is different. It's not to be confused with compassion. Love from the Father is agape love. It's a completely different word than compassion in this uh, Matthew 18 verse. Different word, different meaning. Segway. So I'm over there praying for somebody. I, I, it wasn't this church. So, so you're not going to know who it was. I don't even know who it is. So um, I'm praying for somebody, and after I'm done praying, and, and we get into spiritual warfare, and I'm just doing this, because I love fighting, right? I have my black belt in Taekwondo. I can't lift my leg anymore, though. I used to be able to get it up about this high. So I, I just love the excitement of fighting stuff. And I get out after something, and something is done and God says you love the fight more than you love the people that hurt for three days that hurt for three days and I said Lord you're right you're right and so the compassion had to kick in so when I pray for people I see them not the issue so I see them and I want to see them free from whatever it is there's still a fight but the fight is not done the fight is not the big point. The fight is not the main point. It's not the pinnacle of the mountain. It has to happen. You still got to fight. You still got to wrestle with powers and principalities.
So he says, shouldn't you have had compassion the way I had compassion? So is this speaking to anybody here? Remember, we took the hand, went like this, speak to the person that really needs it. If you were like me, and I didn't even know what compassion was, I was operating, so this, I'm maybe 35 at that time. I had no idea what compassion was, but God told me, and because he told me, something changed. Something in my heart changed. And so it wasn't about the fight. It wasn't about, hey, sweetie. Woohoo! <laughs> Signs of life. Signs of life. If God is bringing us back to the original design, oh, look, there's no more notes. I get to go wherever I want to. There's other. This is so cool. But, uh, okay, so this is for us. Okay, you mature Christians. Jesus says, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. I'll read it for you, for those of you who don't have a, an archaic device, the book, or the swipe device. Here it goes. Have we not prophesied in your name? You will say to me in that day when I'm settling accounts. Have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness is the rest of that, but that's... If you are returning to the original design, when you... And the original design is that you look like the heart of the one who breathed his life into you. That you connect the way he connects. Agape love, but with compassion. Something changes. Relationships happen. You look at things completely differently. Those are both my grandsons. I had nothing to do with the whole issue, but I love them. So, you mature saints, this, if you're praying with somebody and the compassion is missing, that's an indication Something is not right. You're going to have to do business with God. You're going to have to do business. It's not my, it's not, I'm, I'm just saying stuff, you know. Um, I'm not going to correct you, but God will correct you. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth, period. Jesus said, Isaiah 55, verse 11, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We've been groveling in this nature that is separate from the Father's. We've been in this reality. Jesus said, I am not of this world. There must be a that world or a world that he is not from. I have, he said, I'm not of this world. And he says, the God of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. If you can track with that, that's just before the crucifixion. 
do you have something in you that's not of the Father? That is your prayer. Father, show me my heart the way you see my heart. When you are real with yourself, when you get real, and you get to that point, and you're not filled with pride, arrogance, knowing everything, and you get real and say, God, correct me. One of my prayers I, I just talked on Thursday is one of my prayers has been for a long time, Lord, judge me severely. That's, that's scary for some of you, but when you realize his judgments are good, it says your judgments bring life. You're going to read out of Psalm 119. Your judgments bring life. Your judgments are good. Your judgments are wonderful. When you realize if, if he judges you and says, Lyle, you have absolutely none of my compassion in you. He's not mad. He's telling you matter of fact. You, you don't have any compassion. And dude, you are so missing it. But when you have my compassion, you will walk as I walked. You will speak like I spoke. You will bring life wherever you go. The Father is returning us back to the original design. The diagnostic unforgiveness, we, we work through some forgiveness. This, this one passage I've been stuck in for at least six months over and over and over and he's showing me something new about it all the time I get excited my wife knows I'll get up anywhere between 12 and 3 in the morning and I'll do an hour to two hour Bible study because it's quiet that's why I look tired all the time um, he's exciting and you want his judgments you want him to sit with you and talk about the, what about this thing? What about that thing? And it gets deep. It gets very, very deep. And it is so wonderful. If you allow yourself to go into that very scary place, God, judge me. Judge me severely. Because when he opens up the books and says, there's nothing here. We dealt with all that already. Come on, enter into the joy of your Father. So, I think I deviated from my notes, and then I ended up with no notes. We have a warning at the end. You don't want him to say, I never knew you. Even though you're operating in the church, You want him to say, wow, good and faithful servant. Come on, let's walk together. So, we're going to bow our heads. I don't know how this is going to go. I didn't rehearse this. Bow our heads. Father, I sure love what you do. I love how you do it. I love your presence. I love your conviction. The Holy Spirit working in my life leads me to you. It's tough. 
Yeah, but go ahead. If you feel the need to go further into something that you're just not cracking the shell on, there'll be Mary, are you here? Can you be up over there? Marion, over there? Um, we've got, uh, I think this will be inner healing, so you guys can take a break today. Um, Marg, if you got time to go up there, and who else was back there? Dorothy, too, if you could go that way. Anybody who needs prayer, because you're working through something. And this is more towards just doing with business with God because you don't know how to pray or you don't know how to get there. We've got people that are going to be over there and they'll pray with you. Are we cool? This was a little bit of a heavy, but that's okay. As mature Christians, that's why I asked 10 or more years. This is what you need. The next phase. Okay. Can I say something prophetically? Okay. The church is going to change entirely in its face what it looks like. It will not look anything like you've grown up in. What looks like the death knell to the church will be a life-giving system that the Father is bringing in. The church will be you. It will not be in a single place. You will go out you will go out, you will go out, and you will speak, and you will, you will manifest the presence of God to somebody. There'll be more out-of-church experiences of God than in this building. The church is alive and active and life-giving. This place is not to be the pinnacle of your Christian experience. This place is a place where we we encourage one another. Awesome, you had a story. You did something with God today and somebody got saved. That's awesome. This is also a place where you get fed, taught, but revelation that comes in the house will die in the house unless it leaves the house. If you have revelation and God is working with you and he's pushing you to do something that's a little difficult go to that place of a little difficult because then in that place you are dependent on him. He, the harvest is ripe right now. Pray the Lord of the harvest would send workers and then go like this. Send me, Lord. It's tough. It'll take you out of your comfort zone. But it'll become one of those things that is a treasure. God, uh, Jesus says in that same verse, Matthew 18, it says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth doesn't eat and rust doesn't corrode, corrupt. Those treasures are those things that you and he share, nobody else shares. And when you get together with God and you walk with him and talk with him, he goes, remember that thing? Oh, yeah, God, that was so amazing. He goes, yeah, it was. I, I sure like remembering that with you. Those treasures are so absolutely amazing. Do, do I have a little bit more time? So I, I, I was praying for somebody one day. I think it was in the mall. And there was a massive experience of, of God's power. And he said, don't tell anybody. No, I, I haven't told you what happened or what's going on. And then he said, this is just for us. 
So when I go back to that place, and I remember that, and it warms my heart, it's one of my milestones that when I go by this milestone marker, I go, yeah, that was cool, God. Let's do it again. I, I'm amazed at some things. He doesn't want you to share. He doesn't want to talk about anybody because it's just between you and him. That's the... Solidifying is not quite the right word. It is the becoming one with the Father. Becoming one, having his heart for those things, having compassion the way he has, and having his heart and those things that move his heart as one would move your heart. Did you learn something? Okay, we did a little bit of work. If you've got something still peeing in you, and you need somebody to pray with you, go that way. Bless y'all.